Welcome, everybody, to the Saniac Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things MTV's The Challenge. You can check us out at SaniacPodcast.com, at Saniac Podcast on all the social media platforms. And I am Shawnee Suisa, podcast producer from Los Angeles. This is my awesome co Zach Calhoun. And lo and behold, our wonderful guest for this beautiful episode, <laughs> my absolute fave, challenge badass and just human badass, Mrs. Tori Deal. Welcome to the show. Oh, I fucking love you so much. <laughs> I love you. Zach, man, your bro, you can log off right now. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm going to exit the frame. I'm going to leave you two to do your thing. Um, the people who watch us and listen to us every week, they don't even know what to make of this right now. They hear us mm-hmm. talk about you all the time, and you're like a point of you're like a point of contention on our show. And it's, it's not necessarily, you know, it's just from... I, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like totally, it's not totally negative. It's just us. I just love you. And Zach is critical. That's the, that's the way to put it. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't go on TV for everyone to fucking love you, you know? So I, I take the good with the bad at all times. And I think that your opinions sometimes, Zach, are very intelligent, but uh, yeah, I just came on here to say, fuck you. All right, guys, I'm gonna <laughs> I will take it. I, I think that's great. See, the, the thing, it's not even, it's not even your fault. Like the people that I tend to be critical of, um, it's, it's all based on fans. It's all based on fan response. And, mm. and it, it's, it's like based on, perce- it's a perception versus reality thing for me. It's, it's what, what I see. And Shani tells me this all the time. Shani's like, the things that you say about Tori, it's not even her fault. You know, it's like people people yeah, feel twi- about her the way fans. they do and, and i can i can totally see that Zach is very influenced by the Twitter sphere because they're so insane. And so a lot of the takes, and I get it because Twitter is really crazy, but that's why I stay off that fucking platform. Holy shit. Uh, All right. So let's take it back. We're going to take it back to AYTO. We just want to start off with some basics. And this is something that I stumbled upon on the interwebs. Your name. So your, your name is actually Victoria Deal, but spelled slightly differently. And there's a rumor, I don't know if it's true or not, that production made you change your last name just because it would be easier, a bit catchier. I mean, what's the what's the deal with that? What's the deal with the deal? Yeah, no, actually, that was my idea. Like, I knew going into entertainment that I was going to, or at least I wanted to carve out a space for myself somewhere. So it was about branding immediately. And I just know from school, every fucking teacher that has ever called my name, Victoria the hell, are you here? I'm like, what the hell, bro? Like, that's not how you pronounce my last name. So I was so over the pronunciation getting fucked up that I was like, all right, you know what? It's just deal for just to make it easier on the world. So I dumbed it down, but believe me, I get shit every time I go home to see my family. Like they're like, oh, you changed your last name. I'm like, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. See, yeah. that's that was definitely smart to do because I think Tori Deal is such a catchy name and it like, obviously you can do so much with Deal. Like I remember messaging you I don't know how many months ago about starting a podcast called The Real Deal because there's just I mean that's just such a cool name like you have so much to deal with it and or to do with it yeah. and now you started Tori Dealing With which is an awesome show everybody should check it out um, but I wanted to also ask about a soft name because I I'm Jewish so I've also I lived in Israel for six years so I can pronounce a soft name like no problem but on AYTO it was ASAF so did production I mean was that him did he pronounce his name ASAF to everyone? 
So when we walked in the house initially, like I'm used to calling him Asaph because when we asked him, what can we call you? He was like, oh yeah, that's fine. So he was fine with it. And I think that he just didn't want to make it more complicated. But now, like, since he's blown up so much over there and he did his really big brother and he's done mm-hmm. so many amazing things, now he's, like, really solidified his name. So he's like, no, it's a soft. It's a so, soft, yeah. <laughs> so he's definitely helped to, like, kind of put the stake down in that transition of, like, his title. But he was the first one to be very chill about it. I figured it was him because I mean, my name is actually Shani, but I go by Shawnee because growing up, people would always mispronounce it as Shaney or just like names I didn't like. So I was like, no, Shawnee. And that's the one that really stuck with me the most. So I, I get where he's coming from in that. That's kind of why I went with Tori too, because like, you're not going to call me, I played soccer my whole life. You're not going to call me Victoria on the field. And you got me fucked up. If you think you're going to call me Vicky, like nothing. Against <laughs> Vicky. A Vicky. So I'm like, all right, Tori it is. And then obviously the last uh, name. Yeah. Is that like something that, that Jordan will do? Like if, if you guys are fighting a little bit, will he, will he just go with a, like a, he'll, he'll throw a Vicky dig in there? It's even worse than that. Like he knows my middle name is Patricia. So he calls mm. me Vicky Patty. <laughs> even worse. Oh my God. Patricia. Wow. You're definitely not a Patricia either. My middle name is Chaya, which is impossible for people to pronounce. So yeah, good luck with that one, guys. If you can't say Hanukkah, you can't say my middle name. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this one's just dirty 30 question. Because you guys did the final in Salta. Were you in Salta or were you at the Salt Flats? We were in Salta. You were in Salta. Like I was there. I had really bad um, elevation sickness. Like it was so fucking bad when I was there. I was delirious. I literally was stumbling. I was delusional. Did you guys feel that on the final? Oh, totally. I mean, like that's what people don't get about what was so hard about that final is the, and to me, that was one probably the farthest hardest one I've run mostly because lack of experience and also how high up we were elevation wise it was impossible to breathe like you have no until you experience that type of elevation you don't know what it's like to perform under those conditions so like you had mentioned before the cocoa leaves we were shoving those down our throat (laughs) yeah jumping on them like dinosaurs just trying to like get any bit of like just equilibrium (laughs) like yeah, they were giving me so many cocoa leaves when I was there. They were like, keep chewing, keep chewing. And I was just like, I don't even know where I am. I felt, I honestly felt like I was on something. I was so delirious. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I was love bad. your pictures that, that you sent me when you were there. Like, I wish we could take pictures and stuff when we're there. That's one of the things that sucks the most about the challenge is like, you're in these places and like, you want to be able to capture this moment. But it's like mentally, I have to be like, all right, well, hopefully they'll air a shot of me here and I'll screenshot it on TV. Like, mm. that's the best that I get. So I have to mentally capture after all these places. So when you sent me those pictures of you being there, I was like, oh my God, it took me right back. I, I have so many shots there. I love the salt flats. That was incredible. I just kept eating the salt. Like everyone was like, stop doing that. I was like, why? I want to taste what this natural salt tastes like. <laughs> it was very salty. Um, but so do they not, do they not take photographs? Cause I know when you guys post like promo shots, there's always really nice quality photos out there. There's not many, but there's a few. So do they just take some randomly? Yeah. So usually that's like when we'll do MTV press and like all of that stuff happens like the first week of the challenge. Mm. And then we'll get pictures and somebody will come around with a phone and like you have a phone in your hand for the first time in like a week. And you're like, Oh my God, like a phone. <laughs> Cause like you don't get your phone while you're filming. So yeah, you just take as many pics as you can while you're there, but it's really only for the first week. Wow. I can't believe that all of those shots got taken the first week, but that's such a shame because there's so many moments on the show where you'd really want a nice still photo. I mean, yeah. 
Um, all right. So let's go into something a little bit more difficult, but we've had so many questions about this. So it's definitely something that we want to touch on. And since it happened in Dirty 30, it's the perfect segue here. Uh, this is the Camilla situation. And I feel like I kind of want to ask more of a foundational question about this, which is how come so many people on Dirty 30 were punished for outbursts by being sent into elimination the next day, but Camilla wasn't. I always wondered that. You know, anyone who had some sort of, you know, when Jordan had his thing, when Tony had his thing, I mean, they all got punished literally the next day by the house. And I feel like Camilla kind of didn't have any of those consequences internally in the house. Totally. You know, I think that Camilla was very feared as a competitor. I can only really speak for myself but that was my rookie season. And I just remember being around her presence in that house, just knowing how close she was with so many people feeling like she was all powerful. Mm. And you know how she walks around, like you can (laughs) definitely be intimidated by her. So like, I don't think we actively made our move on Camilla until like Jenna and me were at, at, in one episode, we had the opportunity to pull the double cross and Jenna ended up pulling it. And then she puts in Camilla over me to go against Brittany in an elimination ends up winning, but that's when she does it. But I think it took that long because she was that feared and yeah, she had this outburst and it's funny because it showed, it looks like I'm there for that, but I wasn't there for that outburst. I was only there for like the end of it. When you see her like freaking out, throwing kettlebells across the yard, she like throw kettlebells across the yard, throwing kettlebells like a monster. I mean, like you don't, you don't, you didn't even see that part of it. That was the part that I walked out for, and I was like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? So I think, I think it was a mix of like being afraid of her and some people not seeing the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Like with the Jordan situation, we were all right there. It was right on the bus. Yeah. You know? So we were like, oh shit, like this is, but like, and the Leroy situation, not that it doesn't, not that it makes it better. Like you're right. She probably should have been thrown into elimination immediately (laughs) after, but I think it was out of fear. Yeah. I kind of had a suspicion of that as well. Cause I just felt like she was so uh, volatile that anyone was scared to sort of say anything, do anything just because you never know. I mean, fucking kettlebells. That is so dangerous. Oh my gosh. Like she's grown a lot as a person. Like I know, like a lot of people have asked about my relationship with her and how am I still friends with her? And I definitely think that she has grown a lot as a person. And I don't think it's my place to tell anybody to forgive her or to see the more beautiful side of her now, Mm -hmm. but I know how hard it is to be on reality TV. I know like what that can do to your mental health. And I think that like Camilla taking a huge break from the show and obviously being outcasted by pretty much everybody brought her to a point in her life where she was like, I'm, I'm like done with life, you know? And she got so, I don't want to like speak too much on that topic, but she got so low that to me, it's like, okay, this person was obviously exiled from the world, but if they have a fighting chance of becoming a better person, like, does that make you a bad per- person for wanting to help them grow and like see the mm. the good in them. And so that's kind of where I stand on that situation with being her friend. I don't like, I, I hate to see somebody like lose their life over a mistake. And I hope that like anybody who's made mistakes in the past, especially things that are like so painful and that, ha- that are really serious mistakes. I hope that in time they can grow from them and learn how to be better humans. And I don't think by like exiling people forever, that's going to convince somebody to want to be better. I think that's just going to keep pushing them away. So this is how I've dealt with that part. Yeah, I love that. Tori, that touches on um, a really relevant topic right now. And it's something that based on what you're saying, 
I feel like Shawnee and I, we line up with you on, on this. And it, it's, there's a big thing right now in, in the challenge world and in reality TV in general of cancel culture. And where, where does the line get drawn? It's exactly what you're saying about, about the redemption of, of someone and about, you know, can someone make mistakes and, and can they genuinely rebound from that? And there's a lot of anger and hurt and pain out there in the world right now. And that, that's totally understandable. You know, we're, we're, we're living in a very volatile time. And what we saw with Jordan and Naya in the live that they did last week they, and, and the, the After Buzz interview. This is something that Jordan's addressed in the past. And, and, and it's something that him and Naya have come so far from. And, and I, I do personally feel like some of the, the comments that were made between them and the way it was presented on the show were taken out of context. Um, I'm not telling anyone to be or not to be offended by it because it's their right on if they want to be. But what are we saying as a society if you're going to take one person and it's just like you said, if you're just going to banish them and you're going to say, hey, you made this big mistake, fuck you forever. And it's not to say that people should forgive anyone because everybody has the right to be upset and offended by anything and, and hold that in their heart for as long as they want. You know, that's that's up to each individual person. But I do think that there is a huge issue with cancel culture just in general. You know, I mean, right now we're seeing it. And I do think people should be called out. Absolutely. Whether it happened a while ago or it happened now, people should be called out for it. But people should also be allowed to grow because that's the whole point of fighting everything is to grow from it. And so I know Jordan touched on this before. And I think this is something that you can speak on because he said that, um, you know, you've been giving him reading material and a lot of different stuff to educate himself on and just, you know, to be more knowledgeable on all of this. And from your perspective, what has that been like seeing, you know, the backlash and just how he's how he's grown in that way as well? I mean, it's been really hard on my relationship, you know, because I think it would be for anybody as a person who like individually, I just, I'm always really cautious about making sure that I don't offend anybody because especially when it comes to things like this, like mm -hmm. it's just so touchy and like, it's so fucked up so deeply that it's not even something to poke at. And so for him and I, like originally, like I was like, oh my God, like I felt that sense of being like, how am I going to stand with you. How are people not going to find me guilty by association? And like, it took us going to therapy, talking to a therapist, understanding like how, like working with one another through this, like, yes, I don't agree with the things he's done in the past, but it's my responsibility as, as his partner to help him grow. And if he is so willing to learn how to be better as he has been working on for so long now, then I would be doing him and us a disservice if I kind of stepped away and wasn't by his side through this process. Yeah. So it's hard. Like I, I wish it wasn't a thing. I wish it wasn't out there, but like, I think because I love him and I know he's got a good heart and he's a good person, he deserves a place to grow. And I think that he has grown so much. And so I'm just like kind of taking it day by day, but therapy has been fucking amazing. Yeah. Everyone needs to go to therapy. Therapy is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, it should be man. It should just be mandated. Like mental health is so, is so important, and people shouldn't be ashamed of that. People should just be. They should just feel like it's it's not a bad thing to talk about yourself and to let out you know your feelings. And, and Absolutely. So I've been in therapy since I was literally a fucking child. Like I was one of those kids in and out of therapy all the time. So I'm so <laughs> for it. I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I, I think what Shani and I have tried to say and what we've run into is that you, you shouldn't fight negativity with, with negativity. If, if you feel hurt by it and you feel like you can't forgive Jordan, not you, Tori, but you as in, in general, mm -hmm. if you feel hurt by that, 
That's totally understandable. You you don't you don't have to explain that to anyone. But I'll I'll be honest, like we're talking about fighting hate with hate. There were a lot of people on Twitter that were very insensitive towards Shani and her ethnicity and calling us two white people, saying that we can't comment on things like that. And I just no, that's not gonna get anybody anywhere. And and Shani, you know, for for Shani, like that's that's what I'm saying. That's like fighting ignorance with ignorance. That's negativity with negativity because th- that that hurt Shani's well, feelings. People love to fight. Yeah. People love to fight. Um any sort of hate with anti-Semitism, like they'll throw it in anywhere. I mean, there was at the BLM rally in France, there was people chanting like death to Jews and shit like that. So it's, oh yeah, like that's not even that rare. You would not believe that. Like it's, it's honestly so commonplace. So it definitely does happen. But I do think that people like you who actually use your platform, I mean, one of the reasons that I actually love you, because it has nothing to do with you on the show. Yeah, you're great on the show. But my biggest, my biggest thing with you is that you actually use your platform in the way that I would love to have a platform to use because I feel like it is about putting out content out there that is about positivity and your recent episode uh dealing with negativity which talks about how to respond to people is so beautiful because it is exactly what I like to try to do you know obviously there's times when I can snap back as well but the idea of responding with positivity to negativity is such a beautiful concept and I think it breaks the circle you know what I mean totally it's hard you know it really is so hard because I think one thing that we don't give everyone enough credit for is like we're learning like this Mm -hmm. is a constant state of growth through every single thing that we go through and experience we are going to either like thrive with it or it's going to crumble us and then we're going to have to grow from that and like I look around and I see a bunch of people on social media right now trying to put out the right message and like trying to do the right thing and still slipping up because right now we are walking out in a landmine of minefills. Like you have to tiptoe around so many things right now just to make sure that you are doing the best that you can. So if there was just a little bit more grace that people could give just a tiny bit more just to be like, okay, listen, yeah, maybe I want to project my negativity on you, but like, I don't know what you're doing right now in your life or what you're going through. But if, if people are trying, if you see people out there trying to actively be better, then I hope that we give them some grace to do that. It's just hard. Yeah, I love that. Uh, grace is the key word there because there's no grace in the challenge world. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, it's the hardest world to live in. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I started the podcast for the challenge when I first started it because to me, it's like the perfect, almost like a microcosm of just like the most aggressive humans online. And so it's, you know, it's a great example of the raw emotions out of people, the raw reactions and the raw engagement that you're going to get because it's such a ferocious community and it can be ferocious in a good way and in a bad way, you know? Yeah. Agreed. So we do talk our shit on the show, as you you saw, and um. Well, well, hold on. Before we get into that, I do want to do one more challenge thing, which is your question, Zach, that you wanted to talk about, which is just the persona of the confessionals versus social media. So okay. why don't you get into that a bit? All right. So Tori, let me talk about my history with you that you don't even know until today because we've never <laughs> spoken. So th- this is this is our our history together. As as I mentioned to you earlier, um. I definitely have a thing where it, it's a trigger point for me when I see, you know, fans like really throwing adoration on someone and I'm like, okay, let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Let's, let's balance it out. And people loved you on your first season. When, when you were a rookie on Dirty 30, just yeah, yeah. from my perspective on Facebook, on Twitter, on all that, people loved you. And that's, that's awesome. That, that, that's totally cool. People don't love me. I'm a completely unknown person. All right. You were on TV. They loved you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It got to a point where I was like, all right, guys, come on, pump your brakes a little bit, pump your brakes. 
And then they kept going. They're like, no, Tori's the best. I was like eating the party. I'm like, yeah, like she's this girl is she's the greatest thing we've ever seen. All right, I'm so happy to have her on the show. She's gonna be on every show. She's gonna win every season. I'm like, guys, come on, you know, Tori. In my opinion, your confessionals on Dirty Thirty they were a little extra. You know, I feel like you were fine in your voice, and and that that happens a lot with people. Like people are finding what they're going to be on the show. And by the way, everybody's in our comments right now saying that I'm going to be fake to you and all this stuff. So <laughs> whatever. Let me just talk to you. All right. The confet. I feel like we've seen different sides of you on the different seasons that, that you've been on. So that that's how we started off, right? And I, I was like, she's. I feel like she's a little extra in the confessional. She's getting all this love. I just watched her lose to Devin on Are You The One Second Chances, which was a great show, by the way. People don't talk about Are You Such The One Second Chances. Such a good show. Enough. I loved it. <laughs> I I loved Are You The One Second Chances. Um, Amazing! So, anyways, I will say that in your appearances since, the I feel like the point where I finally connected with you was on War of the Worlds 2. It was a more toned down, like, because you, you know, you were against the numbers, you were fighting an uphill battle, so it was like a more serious, grounded version of you, and at the same time, I felt like we got a very real and open look at your relationship with Jordan, which I, I really... I really liked. I liked seeing that. I, I liked seeing you guys. Um, be, there was like a vulnerability there. And you guys, it, it wasn't as, it, 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 I guess the best way to say it is it, it wasn't as jokey. You know, you guys were up, you guys were back against the wall and you had to fight your way out and you had to claw and make the finals. And that was the time where I felt like, okay, this is the Tory that appeals to me personally as a viewer. So I think what people see with you is there, there's there's different sides of you. There's different confessional voices from you. How do you define all this? Like like what do you feel that that your natural personality is a little bit of all those things? Or, or well, also what is what is the production and the edit have to play with this? Because I want to know about that. You know, are they prompting these kind of questions? Does the masculine energy come out in the confessionals? I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, so I think. For me, when I feel like I got casted on these shows in the first place, if you watch my very first audition interview with Ari the One, you'll see how fucking weird I went. Like I <laughs> told myself be as weird as possible so I can get on the show, so I can figure out where to go from there. So it was always in the back of my, and that's naturally in my personality. Like I'm just, I'm always kind of out there. Always like you'll have, you'll find pictures of me when I was 12 years old wearing mustaches and shit. Like I've, yes. always, I've always been that chick. And so I think that like, I kind of rode that going into the challenge. And then also as a rookie, I want you to know how fucking intimidating it really is going on mm -hmm. that show. There are vets who have done 20 plus seasons of that show. <laughs> like, Well, you, you had Veronica on your first season. You had like yes! Veronica CT and all these fucking people. Yes. And I only watched the challenge way back when. So I remember them in their prime. And then I stopped watching TV and I like went back into it and I was like, oh, who am I amongst these people, you know? So I do think you have to find your voice. And I do think like, naturally I come off, I could probably come off as somebody who's like um, an extrovert, but I really deeply think about everything that I do. I hyperanalyze myself so much. So by the time I get into a confessional, it's like, I finally mustered up some courage to say some shit. I'm like, whoo, I can finally, I can finally speak the truth because no one's around me. But like, while you're surrounded by all those people, you're like, oh, fuck it, God, everyone's going to fucking hate me. You know, like I'm super self-conscious. So yeah. it took me a little bit to find my space, but I definitely think that with Jordan being there, it brings that realness out in me because you can't hide that. 
I can't put on a front if I wanted to. Like I, they didn't air some shit when I was like the first night that me and Jordan were there, I got drunk and I dragged him off like off a bed by his feet because I wanted to have sex with him in the shower. Like I was like, oh, like they don't air that shit. Like, but like that shit will happen. Thank God. Thank God. They don't fucking air, you know, there are those real moments that like he brings out of me and there is an authenticity with him being there. But I do think that like, it took me a little bit to kind of find my voice. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm still finding it. I feel like I'm growing as a person all the time. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Cause I, I, well, that's the other thing is like when you, not that I didn't love you before. Cause I did love you before, but once you started dating Jordan, I was like, Whoa, the two people that I relate to the most on this show as humans are now one like that that was just fucking trippy to me because yeah. I understand like when Jordan got mad about the lids being off of his uh, off of the whatever that's such a Shawnee move circa 2012 like screaming <laughs> why would you leave the lids off the jam there's bugs like you know I just really I got where he was coming from and I got the outburst I just got that and now he's obviously grown from that and and you know with you as well just growing into this mode of being a nicer person being more positive and, and spreading that out there I used to be a lot more sassy a lot more spicy and so I definitely feel like once you guys came together a lot of positive things happened for sure in that way and and yeah you're still finding your voice but I think so is everyone I'm still finding my voice in this podcast you know like we all are I feel like that's part of life and that's where that's where I think grace comes in you know like and yeah like you said if you can watch the challenge Zach and be like oh yeah I don't really like your whatever I'm gonna talk some shit no big deal like that like we're like in my mind sports players you're supposed to analyze us you analyze every fucking athlete out there you hyper like talk about what they would be like on this scene you literally there's challenge draft teams like we are in a sense we are this fantastical kind of being but which is totally fine I think it, there is a line that's crossed when like cancel culture starts to become a thing and people be like fuck this person I want them to feel like shit and that's when there's a problem but yeah. I don't have a problem with people being like oh you know, you're not my cup of tea because I'm I'm just not going to be everybody's cup of tea. That's just and that, that's where we like we always try and draw that line too. Like like guys, watch the show, talk your shit, whatever. Just don't take it to the point where it's it's defining your life and you need to go at these people on Twitter with your you know your cast member avatar. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not your real name. It's not your real person. You you can you can say these things like we, that's the shit that that we're always trying to to fight against. Sometimes it gets us in some hot water, but we just. We're trying to find a balance just like you are. Um, I do want to ask you a couple things here. Being being in a serious relationship on the challenge, I've had we've had a couple things come up recently that, that Chani and I have talked about. For example, I'm of the mindset, look, if you're in a relationship and you've got people, I can't even imagine if you've got people who you don't even know or people who are anyone talking about your relationship on social media and getting involved in your business. So Recently, there was an issue with Zach and Jenna and cast members saying stuff about them and going at them. And regardless of what was said back, and I've said this before, like, I don't condone anything that Zach said, but I completely understand from the perspective of being in a relationship, you've got all these other people commenting on your business and just dragging you. Like, that's a miserable feeling. Nobody should have to put up with that shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. And I know when Jenna was in the house and having problems, like... You know, people, I had mentioned to her, I was like, dude, if it was me, I would go. I fucking meant that. Like, I wasn't saying anything to Jenna because I wanted her to get out of the game. Would I have liked to have beat her? Yes. Did I beat her? No. You know, like, so like, I feel like there is a sense of like realness that has to be taken. Like, hey, this might be somebody who's on the show and you get to see their relationship, but you have 
no idea like what it's like to be in in their shoes really like you only see a a percentage of it so I think like Mm. once again it's just like being like okay like yeah that that triggers me but like there's no reason for me to come at somebody about it it's their life like what am I gonna you think I'm gonna make a comment to them and they're magically gonna have it off oh thank god Tori tweeted that I fucking get it now like no it's not gonna happen and people don't respond to negativity so like if you had the somebody's best interest in mind you'd be like hey listen I think you guys crossed the line here and like I I want better for you out of a place of love like otherwise it's just not going to resonate with people and it's going to create more hate yeah very true a lot of people I I don't mind confrontation like if somebody's going to yell something to me I'm probably going to respond the exact same way as if they said it quietly but that's not the case for most human beings you know most people if you yell at them they're they're not going to hear it it's going to go in one ear and out the other so I do think the way that things are spoken is definitely important um all right so let's transition into uh one more thing this this one's important as well because I I I don't know when there would be a better time to get to it Shani and I, we are connoisseurs of watching reality TV and being like, okay, this is a little fake. This is a little scripted. Like we can see what is genuine, what is not for the most part. I think our batting average is pretty good. When you and Jordan got engaged on War of the Worlds 2, we were both of the mindset that like, yo, that was a genuine fucking moment. Like You, you were can wearing see, socks and sandals. Yeah. Like you could see two people, like you could see it's a real relationship. This is not a reality relationship or whatever the tropes are. It was a beautiful moment. And I'm like, guys, I can assure you, you know, like Tori or just about anybody, they're not that good of an actress. Nobody that's on the show is that good of an actress <laughs> to act like, oh my God, oh, this, you know, for a planned engagement. So I could tell... It was totally genuine. And there were some issues with what Kara said. Um, and just that negative fucking energy, you know, of a moment that's that's trampled on by someone else's insensitivity. So, like, how did you feel about that looking back on it and watching it? I mean, you know, Kara and I have spoken since then. And we really squashed all the beef. She DM'd me and was like, hey, I'm just sorry for all that. I watched it back. And like, I just, you know, she couldn't believe herself. And I do think like, like I said about Camilla earlier, when you do too many of these things back to back to back to back to back, everything becomes a part of the, the script for you. Even though there is no script, everything becomes that. So you just completely disassociate from anything that would happen in real life. And now if there's a moment that's good for somebody else, if that's not in your favor, then of course in that house, you're going to attack it because it's not, it's not part of your plan or your idea of what was going to be successful. So I think that she, I I don't know. I haven't spoken to her since then, like since we talked, but I hope from that message that she just sees it more clearly now. And I think it's very clear to fucking everybody that me and Jordan are authentically in love like I would not fucking put up with his ass if I do not fucking love him I don't know how to like I'm not faking this for nobody you know so I think that like over time people will obviously see it too so I don't know yeah I hope they see it you guys are so cute together you guys are fucking goals man like are you kidding me I mean you know we have our ups and downs man he he is done some gross things to me i mean i'm gonna be honest with you this is filthy and i don't know if i can curse but we were having sex the other night and he farted while he was inside me that's disgusting, <laughs> that's disgusting. like i'm like Jordan! <laughs> that wasn't the first time he's done it either <laughs> like, there's, there's something going on here <laughs> maybe he has anxiety farts <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
That's fucking hilarious. If anybody hasn't listened to the podcast episode you did with Jordan, I definitely recommend checking it out. I thought that that was a perfect time, the perfect timing to release it too. And it gives, it gives another perspective into who he is. You know, I, I think that's just, I think getting to know somebody is so important before you start abrasively criticizing them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like criticize them after you know them for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't mind if my friends criticize me, but when some stranger is like just yelling at me, I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't, yeah. You don't even know me. Stop yelling. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So let's go into the, uh, the Instagram video that we posted. We put it onto IG live uh, or IGTV. And this was from one of our episodes, one of our recaps a while back, you guys, I'm sure all of the regular Saniacs know what we're talking about. This is when me and Zach got into a heated argument because because he, listen, it was slightly a misunderstanding, but not really. I got what he was saying and I still disagreed. Um, but he basically was just criticizing the fact that you post a lot of body positive images while you have such a phenomenal body, you know? And, and, and I do think that a lot of people can feel that way. But what most people don't understand is that everybody has body insecurity issues. Everybody grows up feeling a certain way. And I do think that it's acceptable for everyone to post that. So what was your, what was your initial reaction, obviously watching the video and what do you want to say to Zach in response to that? (laughs) You know, first and foremost, I just want to say, I'm sorry that I like decided to come on here after something negative. I wish I would have come on here on a more like positive note from the front. I don't want you to feel like I'm only responding to something negative. So first and foremost, I want to apologize for not coming on sooner and only coming on when Zach said some fuck shit. (laughs) but you know honestly so first initially when I when I saw it I was like damn like you don't you don't get what I'm saying my message isn't being clear and I think that that is then I go a step further and I'm like well is it not being clear because he isn't hearing me or is it because I'm not I'm not telling my story properly like where is there this miscommunication because ultimately what it comes down to is nobody can tell you how you feel in your body and I have if you listen to the podcast I did on body positivity. I've been like deeply insecure my whole entire life. Like, I don't want to go into some of the comments that like I grew up hearing, but Mm. I just want to say that like, I had a body issue problem and I would eat my fucking feelings at night as a kid. I would gorge on food, like late in the middle of the night when nobody was around. Like I definitely had a bad relationship with my body and with eating. And then I went to college and I gained a lot of weight and I was 165 pounds at one point on my frame which is I'm taller, but like I was hitting a point where I was like, okay, like I'm, even though I'm playing soccer, I'm still getting too big. So I like have recently gone through this transition now where I'm like back to, I fluctuate between 145 and 150, but I want to be clear. It takes so much energy and effort for me to maintain this weight. It takes conscious choices. It takes being just healthy, working out so many times a day. And because of doing that and still not seeing the results that I thought I wanted to see in my head. It made me feel for a long time, like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not good enough because I thought I was doing all of this work on myself, but I still wasn't seeing, or still wasn't liking what I was seeing in the mirror. And so when I post things that show these like little roles now that maybe somebody would be like, Oh, you're fine. Like to me, those weren't just little roles. That's me being like, Hey, I'm putting in so much work on myself. I am, I'm giving myself the best opportunity I possibly can without losing my mental health while doing it. And I'm still seeing my body and being like, okay, I'm not, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm, I'm going to stop hating it. I'm going to start loving it. So how how am I going to do that? I'm just going to fucking embrace it. And so like anything that I do, I'm the type of person that just wears like my heart on my sleeve. And I just want to show people like, Hey, this is how I'm going through this part of my process. Like I'm accepting these parts of my body and 
learning how to like grow and live with all of them. And yes, like I think from an outsider perspective, you might look at me and be like, oh, she's so fit. Why does she have problems? Well, that doesn't, that doesn't give credit to any of the story that I've gone through, or at least that I've experienced in my life in terms of the journey of loving my body. Mm, It it invalidates those feelings that you've had or, or that whole entire journey, you know? Totally. I mean, like I still to this day, don't wear anything but high-waisted bikinis, you know, like it's just the shape of my body. And somebody might look at my body and be like, oh, you look, you look great. But that doesn't mean I feel like I look great. So, so it's all about like, okay, where am I now? How am I going to love what I look like? Even though I do all the work, I feel like I'm putting as much energy and nutrients into myself as possible without, like I said, hitting that point of like mental health, like breakdown. And like, how am I going to love myself through that? Like, okay, I'm just going to fucking embrace it. And like, I mean, it, for women, it's so much more than weight too. Think about like makeup, think about extensions, think about nails, think about everything. Women are so hypersexualized that we are so conscious about what our bodies look like at all times. I don't know a girl who's not. And if she's not, I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you don't think about your body every day. We, as a fucking young girl walking in Victoria's Secret, how do you not look at those models and be like, that's what I have to look at? Yeah, with like the perfect boobs and the perfect tiny little body, like out of nowhere, you're just like, how do people look like that? I grew up thinking the exact same thing. Exactly. It's just a process. And some people, like, it's just about normalizing normal bodies now, which I think could then go into like a whole different discussion about why I ended <laughs> up getting a boob job, because technically that's not part of my normal body. But like, I think it's just about finding happiness in your own skin in this world, which shows you to be so many things at once. So it's like, Mm. where's your happiness and all of that. And so like Zach, I feel like, you know, people might say that stuff about me. Like, how is she going to say that when she looks the way she does? But I don't know. I think, I think there are pictures on there that people would be like, no, like I I see what she's doing. Even if it's just (laughs) hiking up the clothes one way, showing you how a lot of influencers take pictures with their, and then like showing them down being like, no, the curves aren't the same girl. You know, Mm. like I'm not face tuning shit. Yeah. Waistband matters. So, I mean, from, from my perspective on that and, you know, thank you once again, thank you for coming on and having what might even be like a slightly uncomfortable conversation. It's, it's kind of fun for, you know, for, I know the people watching, cause they talk about this all the time. Like when I, when I get on a roll like that and I'm just kind of talking some shit and I watched back on it first and foremost, when you sent it out on Instagram, it was so funny and you, you had every right to do it. You captured like. The 15 seconds that it's we the first and 15 captured seconds. on your... Yeah, that, it, that's it, just it, how it just goes says, automatically. It's me saying, you know, Tori really fucking annoys me. And then, like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shit. And then I looked at your followers and I'm like, okay, <sighs> let me see how many people I know follow her. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, my cousin saw that. Uh, this girl I went to high school with saw that. And I'm, just, and I'm thinking of it from their perspective. They're like, what the fuck is my cousin doing... <laughs> on Tori Deal's uh, Instagram story. And um, so, yeah, I, sometimes I get on these rolls and I want to talk a little shit and I have a way of just for me, like I'll attack certain things and I'll talk about like, for example, I feel like in that situation, the typical thing you would see would just be me being some asshole guy, body shaming people. And I tend to attack things from a different angle because that's not me at all. So it's exactly what you said, where I'm like, hey, I love women of all shapes and sizes. You know, maybe I, I'm taking issue with, with, with this woman uh, trying to, to present something that, that other people like like might feel differently about. And 
I looked back on it. And I'm like, all right, that I, I definitely stepped over the line a little bit because I I broke some of my some of our own rules of not getting too personal with with people that are are on the show. So I got on a roll. I was talking my shit. I said some stuff that in the moment was funny. And here you are on the show now, say saying your side of it. So because you have come on here and explained yourself so eloquently, I feel like I can say, I uh, I am sorry for for um you know saying things about about your message that you're trying to, to send out to people. Oh, that's so I totally accept your apology, and I'm sorry that you experienced what so many MTV <laughs> cast members experience. I only get 15 seconds of you splatter on someone's social yeah. media. Oh shit, that's so true. You got the edit, Zach. You got the edit. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, I relate to that so heavily, just because I right now, you know, I work out so much, and I was I was 190 pounds about like I don't know a year and a half ago in January 2019, and I because I gained 50 pounds in 2018. It was like the just the most cruel year ever when it came to weight for me and all of a sudden I was like 190 I didn't even know I didn't even know how this how to live in the stratosphere you know and and I work so hard and it's been a couple years now that I've just been working out like crazy and I'm still not where I want to be I'm 157 now my ass is not where I want it to be it's not nearly as high as I want it to be my waist isn't as you know thin as I want it to be and I still got this little like thing that's going on with the muffin right and so I just I can understand exactly where you're coming from where it's like you're constantly working 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 and you're not even where you want to be yet but you just have to at one point or another be like I work so damn hard for my body you know I put so much nutrients in my body I, I put so much love into my body like how can I hate this thing that I that I reside in every single day and and okay. and I love I really resonate with the messages that you put out there because I feel like it applies to everyone and I also think it helps people like for me it always helped me because I I love myself more than most people should ever love themselves like in like it's just unhealthy at some point but 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 I but I do that because I grew up feeling like I wasn't as pretty as some people but always realizing and 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 accepting the reality that even my friends who were I thought were gorgeous were super insecure and so when I would see that constantly growing up you know these girls who were thin who'd be like oh I'm so fat and I'm like what are you like what I'm like 10 sizes bigger than you how are you even thinking that so growing up and seeing that constantly I just I learned like holy shit you could be a Victoria's Secret model and still be insecure so there is literally no point in being insecure because at some point or another someone's gonna think that you're beautiful you know like there's always gonna be so it always gave me so much confidence knowing that and I feel like by you putting that stuff out there it helps people come to terms with that as well totally I think it just comes down to like as well like I honestly believe it, whatever you fucking want to do with your body, you should fucking do with it. Like that's mm. why, where I used to look at girls who like were insecure and got shit done or like got their lips filled or all these things. And I used to be like, oh, wow, you're insecure. That's why you did that. And now I'm like, wow, you're embracing the fact that you want to get a little bit of that. You want to change yourself. And it's an empowering move rather than hopefully it's an empowering move rather yeah. than something like being at the mercy of wanting other people to think you're beautiful. But like, there is definitely a fine line in that as well. But I think it's just, it, it's, it's a journey of, of accepting yourself. And like you said, like for you to think that you're not pretty, like I look at your eyes, I'm like, oh my God, like I would love to have those things. They're Do you so want to have pretty. these eyebrows? They're barely filled in. They're amazing. <laughs> I grew up with a forehead of hair. So, you know, I had to carve these out. <laughs> but like, it's the thing is like everybody, everybody has something different to offer. And like, we always put ourselves under a microscope and we're so hypocritical. Mm -hmm ourselves especially being on tv i'm telling you i look at myself and i'm like oh my god you can't even see my lips i literally look like i have a butthole on my face i'm like, <laughs> I'm, like 
I'm learning how to be okay with these things. Um, and, and at the same time, just growing and trying to figure it out. It's just like, it's hard. It's, and even for guys, I have guys that hit yeah. me up on my body positive podcast. That to me breaks my fucking heart because that's exactly what we've been doing to men too. Like for men that think that they need to fucking walk around the six pack. I like embrace Jordan's little baby chub. I love it. Like Jordan's baby chub. Yeah, he's got <laughs> no like, way. He's got like a cute little muffin top and like, hey. he like he's a beast, you know, like he yeah. needs that on his body. Like we just went hiking. We did like 30 miles in two days. That motherfucker doesn't stop for nobody. Like nobody. that was that hike. That hike looks crazy, by the way. The Yosemite trip. That I, I'm sorry, but that climb. Like I almost cried looking at the people going up the thing. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. No, I know. I, I was I was just thinking to myself, why were you even thinking about doing? I literally just looking at them. That video. I I was almost in tears. I was like, this is not happening. Oh, so horrifying. Jordan literally <laughs> sat me down. He's like, Tori, we're not getting paid for this. You don't have to do it. I was like, okay, thanks. And that was it. That's <laughs> hilarious. I'm not on a challenge. I don't have to do it. <laughs> this is for fun. This is not for money. We can sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I loved your body positive episode. I think everyone should listen to it. And it's so true. You know, guys go through that. Guys, we don't realize, but guys definitely do. And height for guys, I feel like that's a huge thing. And you can't change your fucking height. You can't, you can't do anything about that. You know, it's just, I mean, you're stuck with it kind of. Jordan's the best for that. Like Jordan, like he, the way he embraces his hand, like you just, the, how strong he is, you know that motherfucker had to conquer something. Mm. You know that somewhere deep in his mind, he had to be like, I'm not going to let this affect me. And that's powerful because he's so confident. There's not a time I've never heard him ever say anything about it. He is confident. And like, to me, I'm like, wow, like that is what, that's what everybody needs to feel about themselves. See, I love that. There's, I have a coworker. He's, um, he's this older man. He's like in his late seventies and he actually has, I don't know if Jordan has the condition, but my coworker was born with that with both hands like that. So he has both hands that way. And he's the hardest working guy in our office and he types with his two fingers and he's like constantly going and just, and he's so, he's just the cutest human being on the face of this planet. Like you would never think it. And, and he, you know, it's, it's so not a thing. And I feel like people have to go through that. They really have to overcome that, um, that insecurity almost right away because you know, it's it's like, it's it's Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So everyone definitely check out Tori Dealing With. It's a fucking phenomenal podcast. There's amazing episodes out there that you can listen to. And I I mean, I think they're really helpful. You know, people, this is stuff that people need to listen to, especially right now. Self-help is crucial in this world. Like we all need it. Don't, don't kid yourselves. You need it too. Um, (laughs) But this is uh, perfect for our question because we have an obsession with height on this channel, uh, on our podcast. We are obsessed with height. And since we're talking about size, how tall are you? Are you actually five, seven or are you like five, six or something? I'm going to give my guess first. All right, all right. All right. Give your I'm guess. usually pretty accurate with these things. Tori, I believe that you're like five, five and a half, five, six. I think you're in that range. <laughs> I'm like very close to five, eight. Hey, mm-hmm. I said a solid five, seven. Mm. I'm yes. like five, seven and three quarters, but I just can't say five, eight yet. So I don't, but I'm very all right. Solid. Tori, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. I got no reason not to believe you. I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to study my photos. I would love it if every cast member did. There, there's, a couple, there's a couple people out there I think they're lying. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to put you on the hot seat. But you can put me on the hot seat. Yeah, come on. Name names. Name names. Okay. Who are we talking about? All right. I don't think Maddie's as tall as she says. Maddie's as tall as she says. <laughs> Maddie is tall. Maddie is tall. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do Zach it. Zach is not going to accept this at all. <laughs> okay. Wait, it's so she funny. She towers we... over me, dude. She towers over me. 
right. see, if she's towering over someone who's almost 5'8", Zach, come on. Yeah, she's tall. That needs height credit. One more. Uh-huh. CT, I think he's below six feet tall. I don't no. think he's as tall as people say he is. <laughs> no, that's false. <laughs> <laughs> he's tall. He's huge. In person, he is a colossal <laughs> being. <laughs> He looks huge. I'm 5'3", barely. I'm 5'2 and like three quarters. So everybody is huge to me in this world. Tori, you're like getting your revenge today. You're, you're going to get me ate up in these comments right now. I can already <laughs> see it. <laughs> uh, it's so funny you offered to measure yourself because we always said if we ever had like a Saniac Live, we would have a, a measuring thing there so we could measure everybody <laughs> coming through. <laughs> if we I just... had something, I would fucking do it. But I don't even know what I would measure myself like a ruler. <laughs> or um, ruler, just like one, two. All right, let's see. Three. Oh, I got some, I got some challenge. <laughs> Excellent. content here I'm, I'm I, I see you in the comment section people they, they want some challenge content I got some challenge content for you Tori you were on final reckoning with one of my favorite challengers ever he might be my favorite challenger of all time I'm of course talking about my boy Shady Shane oh yeah what what do you is she, I mean Shane he's the best right he's just the greatest I fucking love him I okay. let me tell you something about Shane that I knew I loved him so we filmed Chance for Stars together before we did Final Reckoning. Which was like the most fun. Oh my God. I totally space. We have, all right, we have to talk about that next. Chance for Stars is like our favorite. We love yeah. Chance for Stars. It's, that season is so fucking good. All right. <laughs> so Shane, like, this is how I knew I loved him. When we would leave the challenge, we had like a crafty bag of like a bunch of snacks. He would take yes. all of them. I'm not kidding. <laughs> All of them. And like when you would go into his room later, like if we were all just hanging out, organized, like a fucking cafeteria. All of them, all the time. I'm like, Shane, like you have all of the snacks, bro? Like, and that's when I knew I fucking loved him. Because if you ever need anything, he's like, you want something, I got it. <laughs> like the you. snack guy in that Fat Camp show movie, you oh, know, yeah. with like all the snacks in his coat. Anybody want yeah. some snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that is so funny. I've already got it all all lined up. I, you know, I'm gonna keep working my way in Shane's DMs. I'm gonna get him on the show. We're gonna interview him. I love his like uh, his final reckoning jersey. Him and Nelson. I love their color scheme. I want to get one of those. I'm gonna beg Shane. I'm gonna beg Shane. Please send me that. I'll frame it. I'll put it right behind me. That's that's my guy right there. You would frame it. Um, <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about like just your your life growing up. You know, I'm so curious to know about, first of all, what your life was like, but also more specifically, like what your biggest influences were, you know, who who impacted you the most? What experiences impacted you the most? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think like something people don't know about me is I grew up in an interracial family. So when my mom, when I was 10 years old, my parents got a divorce. And a month later, my mom married a man from Bangladesh and helped him get his green card. No and way. And been together for 16 years ever since. So I was the witness at the wedding and I grew up with that influence. And I was always at Bangladeshi parties. And um, I mean, like, my stepfather's and sings me too and now he's dadu to my like uh, nephews and nieces or my nieces and nephews. But, yeah so I think that's something that people don't know about me is like I have gotten messages from people before thinking like oh it must come from a perfect life or something I am a happy person but I have I feel like I've fought to be happy for a long time in my childhood like it was really confusing for me growing up mm -hmm. and like, where did you grow up at South Jersey 
Oh shit! Okay, oh, all right. I'm, I'm from like Philly area, so hey! yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we definitely have like an East Coast thing going on here. We always, anytime okay. we have an East Coaster on, like we always talk about Wawa. We always get your Wawa yes! orders down. I cannot relate. I've got Trader Joe's. That's as far as I can go. I'm going to Jersey in um, August because I always go down to Ocean City with my family. Come on, that's yeah. my spot. Ocean yeah. City, Brigantine. Yeah. Yeah, o- Ocean. I was literally just there this past weekend. I was walking on the board. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you'll catch me down there in August. I, I'm. It's my spot. Oh shit! All right, I, I gotta keep that in mind. Yeah, come stalk me out, bro. I'll have a changer for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll post a picture on the boards. At, you know, like that that game in the arcades with with the the the, uh, the punching bag that comes out punch <laughs> yeah. real hard. Like you and me, we can do a contest there. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, so you grew up in an interracial family. That's pretty fascinating, especially because, I mean, uh, Bangladesh has so much culture. There's so much food. There's so much. I mean, there's just it's so different to stereotypical American family, you know. And so I feel like you definitely got a lot of that growing up. And um, and what like specific experiences do you feel like made you grow into this person? Because you've I feel like I've watched you grow from this. Are you the one Tori who, you know, had fake nails and, you know, dyed the hair and did like that whole thing? And obviously everyone goes through like these phases and stuff. But yeah. Now to the Tory who's just really into being you and, and you know, and, and showing all that love and happiness. Like what, what do you feel like created that? I definitely think like the core was always there. Like in a sense, it's interesting when you grow up, I feel like you shell yourself while you're going through a lot of experiences by like doing the makeup and by mm. dyeing the hair and by being a rapper and by being all <laughs> these things that you like feel like this is how the world has to get to know you. But deep down, you're just this person that you've always been. And so like I grew up, my family is like the most loving people ever. But I think I was trying to find myself. I didn't like South Jersey for me. I always felt like I needed more. Or I always felt like there, like I just, since I was a kid, you know, growing up, seeing like my mom be with somebody from another country, going through that experience, I'm like, the world is big. There's, there's a lot fucking out there. So like, where am I going to go get it? So like trying to like figure myself out while building the shell around me, it, it just all starts to fall apart when you, when people start seeing who you are on TV. And then when people start like coming at you and all of these things. So I really honestly think all of the negative comments that have ever been said to me, all of these things that have checked me as a person, some of them too far and, and from a place of hate, yes, but some of them were spot on and are like, oh, okay, as, as a good person, how am I going to use this? And like, how am I going to be perceived better? Because that's all I want. Like, that's all everybody fucking wants is I just want to be accepted. So how, how am I going to present myself in a way in which people are, are understanding me now? Where is that authenticity lying? So I think it's just been years of peeling back those layers for me, which I am still peeling back. I feel like everybody is, it's like, where, where am I? I just need to get back to the seat. Like where, where, where did I start from? Where is, where is that for me? And um, so I've been doing a lot of inner self work and this has just been in the past year, but it's honestly been from being on TV because you have to grow up that fast, right? Or you have to evolve that fast because one thing and comments are made and it's like, oh, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. And where do you fall in that category? So it's just about being conscious and wanting to grow. I think that's the first step. And then other than that, just being receptive to people's comments and learning how to decipher, is it something that I can grow from or is it just hate? And I think that's kind of been something that's really helped me. 
Yeah, that's such it's such an interesting perspective about how you build the shell as you're growing up because I feel like I had the same sort of thing where you start getting tough. You have these traumatic moments. Like my parents also got divorced when I was 10. And so I had like these, you know, these all these things that happen and and you start building those layers and then all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, I want to get back to like who I am." And 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 I think I understand what you're saying by the perception because it's not that you want people to love you, quote unquote, for whatever persona you're putting out there. It's because you love yourself deep down. You want everybody else to be able to receive that same sort of thing. You you want you want to be able to have that communication you know back and forth where it makes sense people get it and it's not being received poorly so i definitely see that but it's interesting how tv can make you grow that fast because it's such a you're just shoved right into the limelight and you're like yeah everyone's like a flashlight or like a ton of freaking yeah. ring lights on you and you're like what do i do <laughs> totally i'm so thankful that like it happened the way it did for me because like i think about it now i'm like fuck not that i would have ever actually been a rapper but had i been a rapper bro <laughs> that shit would have went so fucking south so fucking quick like oh my god i would be iggy azalea like no one wants to be iggy azalea you know (laughs) like that's one of those things you've got to be so thankful for in life that it didn't work out and that you just fucking stay on your path but like yeah and like have gotten the reality tv kind of experience because these are like you guys said before some of the harshest fans out there so it's like learning how to maneuver in this space and then from here i'm just going to keep going on and keep like I'm, I'm going to keep growing in my own lane wherever that takes me. But it's, it's just so interesting because you think like, yeah, man, you just, it could have gone so many ways. <laughs> Yo, that rap video, we need to discuss this. That is one of the greatest bits of content that has been resurfaced <laughs> lately. Oh my God, the gold, the yeah, gold, people- <laughs> the hair coloring, the gestures, the scenes, like, oh my God, it was it- fucking, wow. T- okay, talk to us. Did you write that song? Did you film that song? I mean, like explain to us everything. the whole story I did there. everything myself. Oh my God, a hundred percent. Everything was my idea. I, I cannot even blame anybody else for that. I have to take the whole You were the creative director for the whole thing. I was absolutely the creative director for the whole shebang. <laughs> that thing is cool. like, there's so many out there like that. And there's even more that I just never released because eventually it got to a point where I was like, actually, this is probably a bad idea. <laughs> like I finally started, it finally started clicking. It's interesting though, because like for me, I was always into poetry. I was always into writing. And I'm like, I'm very good at writing. Hmm. But I mistook that. I mistook. I don't sign the word. I mistook that for thinking I was a good rapper. I'm like, yeah, I can fucking write. I can drop bars. And like, (laughs) no, no, I fucking can't. Like, yeah, maybe it's funny as a joke sometimes. But like, it's not, it's not my place. But it's interesting because had I had just like walked away, like, yeah, those videos are resurfacing. I could either one be completely embarrassed or I could just fucking laugh at myself. So I'm going to- I mean, it's amazing. I'm going to fucking laugh at myself. And then also be thankful because like, it's turned into so many cooler things. Like I just wrote a children's book and it's, I think like a new Dr. Seuss. It's the most amazing thing I've ever worked on in my life. And I'm so excited that it's going to be put out soon, hopefully within the next year, but like publishing is very like up and down. So it's like, I I took that craft and like that passion and I just replaced it and repurposed it. And it's still, it's going to be more successful, way more successful. It's like, it's just like kind of flowing with life, you know, and seeing like, okay, I'm trying and, and then not being ashamed of yourself if you try to do something and it's not the right fit. Oh, absolutely. There's some videos out there of me from like way back in the day that are just really stupid, but they're hilarious. I love, I love stupid moments of the past. Those <laughs> yeah. are the best. Like if I had a rap video out there, that's gold. That, uh, I'll, I'll accept that all day. Uh, you were wait, on so the, the, um, 
you were in the same Are You the One season as Julia Rose, right? Yeah. A lot of people bringing up Julia oh, in, yeah, the, in the comments section. Did you get the uh, Did you get the call, the invite to go to the World Series with her and and, and flash the camera? <laughs> were, were you, no, and I you, did you not. Did, I did she didn't not. want you to get in on that. She's like so famous right now. She yeah. blew. She's got a billboard up. on Sunset. It's huge. Yeah. I drive. Yeah, I, I drove past it the other day. It's like massive. It's right next to I think Fresh. I think it's right now. Or no, it's right next to the Sweet Greens. It's literally huge. Wow. Dude, yeah. Good for her. Like I. Honestly, as a fucking woman in this world, you're going to make it like there's there's a few avenues for us to make it, but that's fucking an avenue, right? Mm. Sex sells. So like I don't hate on her for doing that at all. Like oh, I completely agree. If, if if you're making money, if if you you know, if, if everybody's gotta have like their hustle, you have to know how to, how to go out there and why why can know, guys be why can guys be topless everywhere but girls can't be? It's absolute bullshit. If she wants to take her top off anywhere, yeah. do it. Do it. Fucking do it. Like, do it. Fucking do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, that's so funny. Jewelry Rose. I didn't even think about that. Wait, so the children's book. Okay, so you had another children's book that came out. It was called Bumblepee and Koala Pear, which is the cutest thing in the whole oh, thing. That's the one. It didn't come out yet. Oh, okay, because I was trying to buy it and it was only available on fucking uh, Amazon Brazil or some shit. What? It's available? Yeah, yeah oh it's marked God. as available on Amazon Brazil. You can like that's purchase it. That's not good. Shana, you were trying to get that, that bootleg copy. <laughs> <laughs> I searched it. It came up. I was like Amazon.br or something. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, oh shit. So funny. You know what? Because I was going to go through this self-publishing process and then I ended up working with like a good management team and like a publisher. So it's all kind of like going a different route now. So that's why there's probably a piece of it in existence out on the internet world. But yeah, dude, it's the characters are original. Like they are combinations of foods and animals. So Bumble Pea and Koala Pear. They are the absolute things in the world. And Every morning, Bumblepee and Koala Pear eat breakfast at the Frenchie Toast. They order many pancakes and see who can eat the most. Like the whole oh, thing that's so flows cute. in that. They have a pentameter and it's just really beautiful. Um, so I'm excited. Oh, that is so cute. I'm going to get it for my little nephew who was just born. Thank you so much. I of hope course. it comes out soon. I feel like I <laughs> it's just so interesting like that's that's the place that I want to go with my life and I plan on doing like a bunch of things like I'll probably be doing a few more seasons of the challenge because I have to fucking win eventually I'm like <laughs> I have to fucking win what Dude, you need to win, win. chances you- <laughs> that's what I'm saying Devin and Rashida they were they were too much for you to handle Tori I mean that was <laughs> look I, I'll be honest I used that in a lot of like Facebook group arguments I was like guys Devin and Rashida, they took Tori and Morgan out like they were nothing. All right, you know, I, I I really use that to try and to try and get one over on some people. So you know what's so interesting about that season though, jo- Jordan, Ooh, Morgan, <laughs> that motherfucker. Like we had to look through binoculars at one point, and we were up there twenty minutes. He had the binoculars. Twenty minutes into the fucking thing, he decides to tell me I have bad vision. I shouldn't be. Doing- <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking this whole time? You had to this whole I blame him for that completely. And then we had to code to get through our locks. He fucked up his lock probably five or six times, which let them it was Morgan's fault. Like, so it's all Morgan's fault is basically why you lost. 100 percent And it was also obviously Derek's fault as to why you lost on that partner season. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's, Yo, it's never De- your Derek fault, right? Wasn't Derek first out on second chances too? He's, oh he's shit! That's right. It. Damn. I need yeah. to rewatch Second Chances. That was actually a good season. I wish that they would have brought that back. It is. You. So you. You were like the last generation of Are You the One. 
well, you and Cam and it, but, but pretty much that like three and four was the last generation of Are You The One people coming onto the challenge. Do, did they ever talk to you about that? I mean, why was that? Do you have any idea as to like, why, why they stopped? Stop. Yeah. I think just because uh, it eventually became the same story. Like it's like 10 people, 10 guys, 10 girls, and they're probably going to win all the money, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know why it officially stopped, but I, I just don't know if they needed like a break for it to become like new again or for it to like have its like. I mean, honestly, the, the challenge, I think we all know their casting department has fucked up to this point because they haven't had Bria on. Are, there have been a couple <laughs> Are You The One seasons since you guys and since, I, you know, Are You The One season six and seven, there have been people that they should have brought on the show, like Bria yeah, and it. Zach and Nutza. Like they should, these were gold mine people to get on the show that we haven't seen yet. Hurts my heart. It does hurt my heart a bit too. There's just so many casting potentials out there. Um, all right, so let's talk about Sweetheart because I love Sweetheart. It's such a beautiful oh, like you. page. Everything that you guys do with it is awesome. The meditation that we did the other day was wonderful. Yeah, I love that you were there. Oh, I was so relaxed that day after as well. I was just like, ah. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even move from my yoga mat for ages. Um, but yeah, so how did, how did Sweetheart start and what was the in- original intention behind it? Totally. So my best friend Vera is the girl who did the illustrations for the kids book. So while we were working and she also helped me write it. So while we were working on the book and everything, we just had this moment where we were like taking a break and we were scrolling through Instagram. We were like, bro, I feel like shit on Instagram. Like this is like a place that I live all the time. Like it's my job. It's pretty much like everything. And I feel like shit. So like, how can we make it a better place? And so starting Sweetheart Club was really the beginning of me being like, oh, okay. Every bit of content that gets put out into the world, it has to be like something where I'm actively saying something positive or better or giving somebody some type of tip or like, like we need space for that. So like, let's make an Instagram. So it started with Instagram and then it wanted, then we really like love community. We wanted to do meetups. We wanted to like go hiking with people. She's a meditation and yoga instructor. So we wanted to do meditation. And like, it turned into this thing now where we're finally starting to hit a place where we're like, oh my God, we know what we are. We're like a marketplace community. And like, now we're in the process of just being a website for a bunch of different products, like by that are made by like a bunch of different people. And we're just going to host them on our site. Like, so it's, but like still continuously putting out positivity and still being a place of like all inclusivity. And I think that's just what we like wanted. So, but it's interesting because working on sweetheart club really helped me reflect on my own page and being like, okay, what am I putting out into the world? Like, it's not about the fucking likes anymore. Like, I know if I post a picture of myself and it looks good, I can get 60,000 likes. Is that what I want my Instagram to be about? No, I have, I put out way more content that has my face, not even on it about something that I want you to think about or something I want you to like feel because this place is so toxic if you let it be and so like one of my favorite things is like to just nourish your scroll so like fill up your feed feed with like things that like make you feel good and like that's kind of what I work on I'm a super sensitive person so if I see something I can go down like a a rabbit hole and I can feel bad about myself or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not like going on and on vacations or whatever I can go down that rabbit hole I'm like every other, I think a lot of people can, you know, everybody can. So it's like, how am I going to actively stop myself from going there and like, just check my mental health while I'm on that page. Yeah. I love that. Nourish your scroll is so phenomenal. Man, I could use some of that. That's like, 
that's like my my weakness is is not being able to separate some of that bullshit online. Shiny talks to me about it all the time. She's like, dude, yeah. stop letting the you know stop letting the stands and the trolls bother you so much. I'm just like, I can't help it. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely hard. I just think you have to sort of come to a realization where it's like these people know nothing about you and like they don't even have their face on the on their freaking thing. Like they don't care to put their face behind their words or their real name behind their words. Like these aren't genuine thoughts. They're just these are just troll thoughts, you know? Totally. I have to check in and check out like a job, honestly. And Zach, mm. I think maybe that's something that you could do too. Like go on there. Yes, engage with people. But like, okay, who am I going to like interview next? What kind of content do I need to make for that? How, when do I need to post that? Set it up before. Sometimes I'm not even on my phone for a week. You would never know because all of my shit's scheduled. I literally take myself away from it and I let it exist in its own space. Like that is what I've had to do to make myself not lose my mind on it. I mean, it, admittedly, and, and uh, Tori, I, I didn't expect to get this deep with you on it, you know, but I'm going to psychoanalyze myself I did. here. Um, <laughs> what, like one of my biggest issues for sure is is um, caring about what other people think. Like that that's, that's a weakness. And it's not even necessarily what other people think about me. Like I have thick skin. People think some pretty shitty things about me, whatever. But Facts. sometimes I really get way too invested caring what other people think about something else. So when I see people like rallying behind stands, I'm just like, ah, damn it. That, that annoys me. What are you guys, why are you guys all doing this? Or, you know, just seeing it online with all the bullshit going on in the world and seeing how many people can be so stupid about things. And yeah, yeah I, 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 I trip out on it for sure. Like I need to, I need to like regulate myself on that. Well, I wonder, I wonder for you where that comes from, you know? Yeah. Like, I because know. I think it's deeper than what you're saying. And like with my experience of, I'm going to go back to therapy. I've literally got, done this thing for the last eight months where I've gone on an inner self journey that I have learned so much about myself, my survival habit, habits, my behaviors, and all of these things that came and started in me from when I was a kid. And now I'm carrying them with me up until now. And like, it has been incredible to just like pull it apart. I think you should like do some deep soul searching. I think you should read the seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> the greatest fucking book on this planet. Oh my yes. God. Have you read it? Yeah. I love that book. I love yeah. that book so much. It's like, it's like a, it should be everybody's guide to life is what it should be. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, did you read it? No. So, oh. so you're, you're saying that instead of searching for, for the challenge season 36 casting updates, I should like, I should, <laughs> you should go read this book. Instead, <laughs> instead of like looking to see if, if Landon got a call, I should, I should just read this, this book. No, I think you should do both. Okay. I, I think you should check in and check out. I think if this is your passion and you love this fucking love of this be in the fucking challenge world do it scout people fucking reach whatever do it but check in and check out like you have to have the space for the other things or else you're just gonna crumble in this area yeah i think that's it's uh, actually a pretty good point tori i gotta i gotta give it up to you i think you you, you read me pretty good on that one so yeah it's a great All it's right. honestly a great um, book what's your what's your favorite what's your biggest takeaway from that book because I, I love that book you know like the the story about victor franco the doctor and he was in, he was the doctor, he was a Jewish man in Nazi Germany, and he was in one of the concentration camps. And he was just somebody who refused to let 
the guards break him down. Like he would have to go carry bodies and like do all of these things. They would like fuck with him, but he refused to let them fuck with his mental state. Like he just never acted pressed by them at all. And they got to the point now where the Vic, the, the guards were just so impressed by him that eventually after all it was said and done, they like ended up building friendships from it. And like that story to me blew my mind because what a story of like, just like human persistence and drive to not let anybody break you down. And I think that's something that like, you know, if we're talking about caring what people think and like being so caught up in all that stuff, like imagine not caring that much about what somebody thinks. Imagine having that much strength. Like that I think moved me more than anything, but obviously all of the other things that are in that book are just as yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, that is, that was a great story. I do completely agree. I loved, I thought the best, I think the be- biggest takeaway for me from that book is just the idea of paradigms and like oh, understanding, yeah, totally. you know, just like understanding that you're not living in the same world as everybody or your map is different. And I loved his story of when he got into the subway or when he was on the subway and the dad and his kids came on and his kids were like really psycho and crazy and just like being really mean. And he said something to the dad because it got disruptive at one point. And the dad goes, I'm sorry, uh, their mom just passed away. We just came back from the hospital. And it's like this instant shift in paradigm where you go from thinking this guy is like an asshole, bad parent to, whoa, you know, whoa, like, I I wish I never said anything or, oh my God, I'm so sorry, kind of a thing. And to me, that's such a big thing. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that concept. And that's where so many misunderstandings come from. So many, you know, it's so easy to just judge. Like it Mm. takes that extra step to judge and then be like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on over there? Like it's, it's just an extra part of the process that we don't give enough time to like happen. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I so agree with that. Okay, so poetry. You've been writing poetry for what? How long? Like always? Forever, man. When I was thirteen, I was writing poetry. Were Jeez. you like an emo kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. With bangs and shit. <laughs> I went from being like wearing huge hoops and like pin straight hair and like big Air Force Ones and listening to rap to like emo and like no, like I went through all the faces like don't dig up those photos you know? let's dig them up please listening to Paramore cutting my own bangs like so bad <laughs> that bang look is so I can't believe I ever had that too like that bang look and then the photos on MySpace with the really intense filters like the crazy ass filters those were priceless oh yeah yeah so there so poetry started for me back then you know and I've just always like I've always been I've never been good at math my family, my dad's an engineer. My mom is now a physician's assistant. Like my brother and my sister are both incredibly good at math. I was honestly the dumbest one. Like, and they won't say that because they're nice, but when it comes to math, I mean, you've seen me on the shows. I have full <laughs> panic attacks. Like I start farting. I get like so nervous. I can't think about anything else. Like I had to take algebra three times. Like that's not okay. You, you know, did, algebra three times. That's hilarious. I tried. <laughs> I want you to know I tried with every little, I tried. my brain just doesn't work that way. But what my brain can do is create things that like don't exist like bumblebee and koala pear and like a bunch of really cool things like I can I can create things so I've always been really creative and I think that that's just like where I existed because I just felt so left out from like you know the numbers people that I'm like all right I have to like I have to figure out what where this belongs so I really just dove into writing and now it's just transformed into writing kids books and I just wrote another kid's book the other day. Like when it hits me, it fucking hits me. Like I wrote a poem the other day. I was on the toilet, you know, like it just. Was this the dear body one? You, you write so many good poems that you post onto your Instagram. I love Dang. them. Yeah. I the think dear body awesome. one, I think, 
I don't remember where I was when I wrote that. It was the self-doubt one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you <laughs> ever hear that one? Yeah, I did. I saw that one. Yeah, like that one is so many. I mean, I I, I, love, I was just looking at them right now, but yeah. There's um, If you guys want to check out Tori's poems, she's got a page on ToriDeal.com where you can look at all of them. All of her poetry is there. It's pretty awesome. It's a nice little lookbook. Um, but yeah, I love – I think poetry is such a beautiful – language almost you know it's its own it's its own way of speaking and, and writing I love it who are your favorite poets or favorite poems specifically you know it's interesting I feel like I feel like my favorite writer I'm gonna say because I don't actually read poetry like that is mm. Janae Go. Mm. she's like my all-time favorite artist and even like even like I would love to even call J. Cole a poet because he is somebody who's so incredibly talented with the way he writes words and rhymes them. He just does it to rhythm. And so like Janae Aiko and J. Cole are two of my favorite artists that are out there. And I'm not kidding. I listen to their stuff on repeat. Mm-hmm. And Janae Aiko ended up putting out a book anyway, uh, like a poetry book too. And oh, she did? I didn't Yeah, it's called Two Fishes. Shit, I didn't know about that. I think it's called Two Fishes. I don't remember the exact name of it, but she's incredible. She's a Pisces. She's a Pisces. <laughs> oh yeah okay wait your birthday is right in between my siblings i have my sister who's march 6th and my brother who's march 10th it's so funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. and i'm pretty sure my turtle is a pisces too because he's just all <laughs> <water>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah um, Tori, on um i'm seeing a lot of this people want to know when it comes to the challenge who's like who would you list as the top female competitor on the challenge, whether Ooh. it's someone that you never played with before or someone that you have played with, like who, who's that, who, who's at least someone near that top spot for you? Mm, this is tough. Like, I think that there's like a few really good girls. Yeah. Um, you can give us a, a few. Like, I think Emily Schramm Ooh, great one. is a monster in person. Yeah. I've leg wrestled her before. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a hand wrestle, but like with your thighs, I almost broke. (laughs) (laughs) She's so strong and like just amazing. So she's incredible. Uh, I think Cam is amazing. Like she is a fucking beast. She doesn't stop for anything. Kara, you got to give it to her. The girls made a legacy. Like I can't take that from anybody like I could go down the list of why I think so many of these girls are so amazing. Ashley in her own lane is fucking incredible. Well, she's made Camilla, a shit ton of money. Dude, Camilla, like when she was in her like fucking dude running a final against her, that girl doesn't stop. Like I was dying trying to keep up with her. Hmm. I mean, like there are so many good girls on the, on the show. I have to say though, if I had to pick one, it would be Emily Shrum. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's a good number one for sure. It's funny you said Cam though, because I think there's a huge misconception out there that you dislike Cam. So it'd be cool if we could clear that up now because I feel like so many people feel that way. They're like, oh, Tori thinks Cam is da-da-da, but but you actually like her. So Cam and I actually had a conversation that wasn't it wasn't aired on World of Worlds 2, where we literally talked and I said, Hey, listen, I feel like for the longest time you know, I have a pride issue with you. This is me bringing my ego into our relationship because of how everything went down when I was a mercenary. And she was like, dude, like, I don't, don't ever feel like I don't like take any, like, we just had a conversation about all that that didn't get aired. So, and then after that, we just squashed it. Like I, yes, were we going against each other the rest of that game for sure. 
did I used to have something against her? It was totally my ego that was separating me from being a fan of hers. But like, I would like put it to the side and I like talked to her all about that. And we had a, like a very common conversation about it all. So like, is she competitive? Is she somebody to go out there and to want to be? Absolutely. Like she's a fucking great competitor, but do I like not like her? Absolutely not. I totally respect her. And I think that she's an incredible competitor. Yeah, she is. She's a beast. Wow. I she's... would really like to see you on a season with Sarah Rice, just because I, I feel like the, you two are so similar mm. in a lot of ways. I feel like that would be a really... Um, not even to go against each other. I feel like you guys would make like a really strong pairing or like a really strong alliance. Together. Should it be like the third wheel season? It'd be me, Sarah, and Jordan. <laughs> oh, that would be. People talk about this all the time. People come up with so many different names for it. Somebody called it like Eskimo Bros before, and, and they come up with all these different pairings. It's actually fascinating. The show should do it. That's one of the great things about the community is is coming up with stuff like that. People love this show so much that they come up with casting concepts and they just like want to see who's still on the radar, all these things. And that's, that's the really good side of the show. That's the really positive stuff. And, and that's, that's really what, what sees us all coming back. But that would be a beastly fucking team. Tori, Jordan, and Sarah. Woo. I feel like you guys would get, I, you, you get guys your would get win. past you get your win there. You get your win. You finally get your win. You definitely would. Holy shit. No, it's yeah. time. It's time for you to get a win soon. Don't worry. It'll, it'll happen. All in due time, you know, all in due time. You know, your number one Stan Shani is, is pulling for it. I, I think she's hashtag Tory Defender on Twitter. Did you I am hashtag that, uh, that no one on Twitter. <laughs> I'm hashtagging Shani. <laughs> I'm just going to post a tweet right now and just hashtag Shani Defender. Yay. Yeah, that's there a dream actually is, come there, true I think there her. is a Shani Defender on uh, Twitter. There was one for a short period when Zach That's pretty funny. Me. There's no Zach Defenders on Twitter. I, I, can, tell, I can tell you that. That uh, would never happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah, you know, um, I needed that a bit recently. So, Tori, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I definitely want to touch on it real quick. The The season of Champs vs. Stars, I guess it was, so it was the, like the third Champs vs. Pros, but it was Champs vs. Stars 2. For anyone that hasn't seen it, that is, to me, that's like what the challenge is all about. That season is oh, so good fucking season. good. Everyone was like playing. It, it, was, it was simplistic, but at, at the same time, it was like, it was engaging. I, I do think that MTV gets a little carried away with like some of the people talk about the tanks nowadays. They get a little carried away with some of the set pieces because what it just that season goes to show you if you scale things back a little bit and you have a cast of people that really want to play and strategize. It's great. It's so engaging. I love that season. Yay. Yeah, that season was really fun to film. And as somebody who's on the show, it's way better for your mental health because you can check in, check out, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember going to a fucking challenge with my phone. Never would that happen. Like, I remember being so glued to it because I'm like, oh my God, like, I get to have my phone right now. So it is amazing that, like, we get the opportunity to, like, check in check out while we're there and it's also fun but i don't know if the ratings are as good so i don't know if that's why they're yeah not. i i definitely think that yeah, why that that's so it. stupid to me people it's came to so play cool. casper came to play louise like they were really engaging yo i loved casper they're yeah. both amazing i love them both louise okay, that's where we that's where i met you for the first time that was great well for the only time that was phenomenal that workout yeah. oh my yeah. god i, I gotta do abs with you that was fun that was when yeah. i didn't actually have abs yet so that shit was hard i was like damn Tori, relax <laughs> 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 uh, 
that was fucking hilarious yeah that season was great so you guys you stayed in a hotel there like you were in a hotel in la and you got access to everything and what why because the the stars obviously like to the live their own life yeah exactly yeah because the stars do so it's like oh shit you can't treat us like a rat bag anymore yeah well i think regular challenges and they like try to make you crazy that's the whole goal of reality tv you know i mean the, there's stories of people on The Apprentice where they'll put you in a room. Um, I think, did Sean Johnson tell me this? I, I helped produce Josh's podcast and Sean was telling us stories about some of the shows that she did. And she said that they like would put her in a room and not let them sleep for hours and hours and hours and hours to make them go crazy and then, and then film like big scenes and stuff like that. So they'd I be mean, sleep deprived. That's really intense. I know yeah. like before you go on Are You The One, we were locked in a hotel room for five days. And like, Nobody knew how long we were going to be in there. So every day you're like, is this the day? No. Is this the day? No. Is this the day? No. And then when you finally are let out, you're like, you know, and that's why I look like I drank eight Red Bulls my first interview because I'm literally so happy to be out of the fucking room. They don't tell you how long you're going to be in there for. They're not like you're going to, you're sequestered for a week or whatever. Um, The challenge are a little better about it, but are the one? No, because it's kind of part of that process to get you like ready, boom, explode. That is fucking wild. That is actually wild. All right. So before we wrap up, I do want to just touch on one thing, uh, your workout routine, because this is something that I think is awesome. You have such a great work ethic. I want to know what you usually do. Do you do functional training? Do you ever do any MMA? And would you come to MMA with me? Because that'd be awesome. I was just boxing with Jordan outside. Yeah. Um, I definitely think I've gone since quarantine, because like a lot of gyms have been closed. I'm like, what am I going to do to like maintain my strength instead of doing that? I've really been doing a lot of cardio, more cardio, focusing on going the distance, seeing how long I can go for like however many miles up, whatever elevation, but like also now that quarantine's kind of getting over and I've got all my gym equipment shipped because I finally ordered it, I've been doing a lot of weight training again. So it's a, it's a mix. Like I make sure I wake up in the morning and I do 30 minutes of yoga, no matter what, because before I eat anything, I need my body to wake up. And then I like definitely make sure throughout the day that I either go on a walk like at night, like after this, I'll go on my evening walk, but like also have like an intense, like two hour, maybe one hour workout. So like I'm, I had the luxury of working from home. So I really get to make that part of my schedule. But for anybody who doesn't have the luxury of making that from home, I think one of the most important things you can do and tiny things you can do is get in a stretch in the morning. Like that is something that changed, Mm. literally changed my day because I would wake up and I would have this looming feeling of like, Oh, I have to work out, but like, Oh, like I'm going to push it back an hour or this. No, if you wake up and you just immediately go into a stretch, then you're just going to feel different. I just feel a shift in my body where I'm like, okay, like I can now plan a little bit better because I've moved and I've gotten things circulating and the thoughts are kind of flowing and I can feel confident about the schedule that I'm creating for myself. So to sum this up it really quickly, <laughs> yes, I do all different types of workouts and anything that I can do, I absolutely do do. I try to make it as diverse as possible. And I always start off with yoga. Yeah. Yoga is great. Who do you, what, what yoga do you do? Do you do it on YouTube? I do it on open fit. So yes, there's yoga by Adrian on uh, YouTube, which yeah, I love. fucking love Benji. Oh my God. Totally so <laughs> he's the best part. I love yeah, him. He's so cute. Like he's like, comes over and like lays he's on just her. so cute. Cause my dog is always doing the exact same thing. Like, or he'll, he'll come right underneath me and just like interrupt. I'm like, why are you like yeah. Benji? Just lie down. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So like, right. You can do like a five minute yoga from her or have this um, app called open fit, which is like 45 minute, like good, hard vinyasa sessions. So it just depends on like what I'm willing to do for that day. 
Nice. Okay, that's amazing. See, I love that. I love this kind of stuff is so... I feel like people don't understand the sort of work ethic that goes into just being athletic in general and having the sort of athleticism that you guys have on the show. You know, they, they're like, oh, because well, a lot of times what we don't realize is like someone like Kayla, for example, right? Like, yeah, she hasn't necessarily excelled in a lot of the seasons or she hasn't won a season yet and like things like that. But the girl works out, you know, she works out. You can tell she works out. She obviously puts in a lot of effort. And yeah. so it's like people think that, you know, if you're flopping, that you, you don't work out at all or whatever. And it's like, you have to understand how much work goes into this kind of stuff. So much work. And a lot of it has to do like in terms of not winning strategy, like, and mm -hmm. that comes over time that comes from seeing something before and being able to break it down calmly. Yeah. Like, and it, yeah, it definitely comes down to working out too. I mean, like even with my elimination with Jenna, that lasted 45 minutes. Like that was 45 minutes. Oh yeah. They cut it down. That was, it was 19 barrels that were over. That's why everyone's wow. like, that was like the most intense elimination of the season. Like, oh, that was hands down the best elimination of the season. Yeah. We love that one. Yeah. Shit. That was so entertaining to watch. And the crowd screaming, I was screaming. I was like, ah! Dude, it was so, it was so intense. It was like, I mean, as you were smashing bricks, they were just, you were breathing them in. So you were breathing in cold brick air and then you're just running down this. And it was, 45 minutes of that and then to lose by a second like oh man yeah so Shit, crazy. That is was so really brutal. a second like it was that, that was legit oh yeah was it actually by a second like yes. the way that they showed it okay yeah. okay because that is so intense did you how long did it take you to pick up the strategy of having to smash them instead of putting them in so you see like the first like one brick yeah. that I do with. And the reason why I did that was because I honestly thought that Jenna was going to throw the elimination. And then when I see her like <laughs> continue to go, I'm like, oh my God, she's not throwing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really was counting on that Jenna. Uh, so then obviously I was like, all right, well, I got to play. So it was pretty quick that I got it. But I think because you only see like 10 minutes of it, you know, in, in the full story, that one little bit of a 45 minute long fight, I mean, it's, it was one brick that I they, yeah about. they made it look like they made it look like you had the bad strategy for like I don't know 20 minutes or something and then and then b picked it up right at the end but yeah no, I mean yeah. you got to read through the edit everyone you got it you got it yeah. uh all right well Tori this has been phenomenal dreams do come true people they do <laughs> they do thank you so much for coming on uh if you guys want to check out anything of Tori's you can look her up on Instagram it's at Tori underscore deal and of course check out sweetheart club that's s-u-i heart club on Instagram they're fucking amazing go check them out and they have a lot of awesome really cool products that you can look at and some tarot readings that you can buy which are really awesome so you can check them out on their website as well and of course ToriDeal.com for her podcast Tori dealing with definitely go listen to that I think a lot of challenge fans need to hear about it uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching, and we will see you guys on Thursday for Tori, our Tori, I will see. I'll see you and Jordan this summer on the boardwalk. We'll go to Mango and Mango Pizza together. We'll Done. play some mini golf. Done. It'll be a I good time, guys. I want to go to Mango and Mango and protest about where's Mac. Like, yeah, right. I think it's <laughs> I so stupid. It's such a stupid name. Like, so God. stupid. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't go there nearly as much anymore because of it. I'll go to preps on 9th Street. I love preps, so. <laughs> okay, we have work to do. Yeah. This is some right, East good. Coast bullshit, you guys. This is some East Coast bullshit <laughs> is what this is. East Coast, come on. Oh, how are you guys? Great. Thank you guys so much. You guys are fucking awesome. I'm really happy that I came on here, and I'm sorry it took me so long to do it. So That's all right. Guys. Thank you. We really appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Bye, guys. Thank you.